Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and today we are going to take on Awakening to Purpose, Navigating a Path of Positive Impact with Janice Cummings. But before I introduce her, I would love to introduce you to your own self just a little bit. Grab your pen, grab your piece of paper, because I have put together a superpower quiz for you. It will introduce you to the giftedness, the specialness that is you. It takes about 60 seconds to go through the quiz, to answer the questions, and to get a quick result uh, that'll show you the things in your own self that you've been taking for granted or discounting because it just seems like everybody else is this way and they're not. <laughs> so this is the mirror that you can look in to see what is unique about you and your purpose here in this world. So with that pen and paper, superpowerquiz.us is the URL where you can get this. Again, that's superpowerquiz.us. So now that I've introduced you to yourself, I'm going to introduce you to Janice. Janice Cummings is an international speaker, trainer, and credentialed life coach. She refers to herself as the relationship transition expert who specializes in working with high achieving women to break free, accept support, and be coached to build a life of dignity and safety. Having overcome relationship challenges of her own, she's gained insight into how difficult it is to get unstuck and to move on. Janice is the founder and CEO of You Win Working With Me LLC and a published author. She has over 35 years of experience along with a BA in psychology, a master's in holistic health education, and a master's in nonprofit leadership. She holds certificates in trauma-informed care, conflict resolution, mediation, relapse prevention, mental health, case management, and compassion fatigue. She also has a paralegal degree, and she coaches women from a holistic perspective while addressing women's challenges from the perspective of instilling worthiness, pride, and self-reliance into her clients. Welcome, Janice. I'm so happy to have you here with me. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Ah, so that is a really impressive set of credentials you brought with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you didn't come out of the womb with those. So can you take us back into an earlier stage of your journey and uh, tell us a little bit how you started to come into and discover your own direction in this life? Okay, I'll be happy to do that. I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma. I have uh, 14 siblings, so we had a very large family. Damn, you're not kidding. <laughs> very large family. And me, I my, my uh, rating in there, I was the oldest girl, so I was kind of like the second mom. Yeah, sure. Uh, helping my mom out and watching my brothers and sisters. Um, I grew up in a domestic violence household. Mm -hmm. And in that kind of situation, unfortunately, the children, um, they don't quite develop because what becomes yes. the president, the, the focus is the domestic violence. It's mm -hmm. not that they're doing it intentionally, 
but it's the main pro- uh, issue in this yeah. family's life, like it was in mine. Absolutely. And it tends to leave people stunted depending on what dramatic, traumatic thing happened at what age. Yeah. And it can, and it could last uh, until you do something about it. Uh, the thing that the thing that's really, really difficult is because you don't have anyone to tell you how great you are. Mm. I mean, you, you know, you, you don't get the kind of uh, support that you need because the domestic violence or the toxic relationship take is taking over the whole family. Absolutely. Well, and I, I have some of that in my own background and you don't, what I want to say, you don't get a good understanding of what quote unquote normal is. No, no, you don't. <laughs> and you end up with this warped perspective. Exactly. Exactly. I was lucky because I watched television and I saw how the television family lived mm-hmm. and how we lived. And there was a big difference, oh. a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Because um, as a child, you really can't tell anybody who you can you tell. Well, and a lot of times you think it's your own fault. And so there's this shaming thing that happens, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And again, uh, domestic violence and toxic relationships are quiet. You know, yes. they, they you don't go out bragging about it or talking about it. It's not <laughs> one of those things you, you want people to know. Well, and a lot of times, should you decide that you need to confide in someone, you get into a lot of trouble for it down the road. Oh, yes, yes. Because oh. we got these people that may try to help you, and then they'll expose you. And, and it just it just adds more stress to the family. It's yeah. crazy. It sounds crazy, but the family doesn't need any more stress than the stress that they're living in at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. It, so. it, it can be a really uh, challenging thing to unwind and pick apart um, in, in the original family structure and then ultimately in your own psyche so you don't repeat that pattern. Yeah. yeah that's, so, that's the hardest. Yeah. Yes. So how did that journey go for you? I'm, well, I, I got a little bit from your bio that y- you've had some experience down that road. <laughs> Yes, yes. I think the first, uh, at first, I, I, I was my worst enemy. Mm. I always put myself down. It wasn't my mother all the time or it wasn't my stepdad. It was, I just felt like I needed to punish myself. Mm. And I, I just saw all the faults in myself. I never had anything good to say about myself. And one day I was reading this article uh, Ann Landers, and she was one of the people that you write to. I love I Ann remember Landers. Her? You remember yes, her? back when we had newspapers. Oh, <laughs> I used to run to get that newspaper. I mean, that's the first thing I would open. And I was reading about uh, um, some, some, um, I noticed that when she was talking about low self esteem, I had everything that mirrored that. Yeah, all the symptoms, check, 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 Everything, everything. And I said, well, that's what's wrong with me because I was always on the lookout for what was wrong with me because Mm -hmm. I know that I shouldn't dislike myself like this, that I shouldn't be mean to me and putting uh, pressure on myself when I didn't accomplish things. Right. You know, Um, now my mother was critical because she was the only, she's the only child. She was kind of spoiled. So she had her own stuff. 
and it probably had been passed down from her mother. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Family patterns like yes. that tend to persist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But after I read that article, I said, you need to be your best friend. You don't even like yourself. So then I went on a campaign to understand how I could get over that. So I started uh, remembering the positive things about myself. I knew that I got along with people. People liked me. I was funny. So I started bringing those things to the forefront. Nice. And I started stepping out. I I was a good singer, so I joined a lot of uh, talent shows and won a couple of awards, did some plays. Once I decided that I was worth something. Mm. That is amazing. So was that kind of a straight line thing or were there some setbacks no, and challenges? There was, there was still some setbacks and challenges. And one of the, I went on to college, mm -hmm. okay? And because I had started working on the self-esteem stuff, I went on to college and then I started sabotaging myself. So it wasn't oh. really gone yet. It, uh -huh. you know, it wasn't really gone. You know why? Because I didn't work on it totally. I was just working on one piece of it. Ah. Not the whole tomato, as they say. Yes. Uh, so when I went to college, I, did, I stopped going to class. I just stopped going to class. The first two years were fine. It was in the third year because I did hear a lot of critical things. And then I started being critical to myself, mm. you know, and I, I just... My grades went down because I wasn't going to class. And then I had to go back home, which oh. I didn't want to do, right? Yeah, boy. So I said, I'm not going to stay at home. So I looked for my, my, my dad because the man that was with my mother was my stepdad. And I went to Oklahoma City and I went through the phone book, found my aunt, and I connected with him, right? Mm, so okay. he walked into California. Yeah, so I was, right. on my, I was on my way to California because I couldn't see myself sitting in a small town like that. Right. You know, and having kids, living in the same area, it just wasn't me. I just couldn't visualize that. So that's how I got to California. Excellent. Well, and I have to say there, there was obviously some growth in self-worth there that you were willing to look at it and say, this is not the life I want. I deserve something different. I deserve what I want to have. Yes, yes. And it's very unpopular when you want to get what you want. Because, mm. you know, a lot of people are not going to, especially people that are close to you, sometimes you're lucky. But the people that are close to you may be the people that are trying to hold you back. Well, yeah, a lot of times they have a vested interest in you remaining the same. They they count on you for certain things and certain interactions. And when you start to grow beyond that, a lot of them will, will put up barriers or try and hold you where you're at because yes. it's more comfortable for them. <laughs> yes. And I had become my mother's confidant very early because she... She didn't, she had friends, but she didn't confide because when we're in toxic and abusive relationships, again, it's a hidden, quiet kind of thing. Yeah. So you really don't want, you don't want nobody to know, you know. Exactly. So you don't tell people outside the house, which no. then it, it puts your kids in a in an awkward situation, it right? Really I mean, does. because there there's a problem, there's a conflict between the mom and the dad in the household, and now you've got this third-party uh, child counselor, if you will. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. 
and that, yeah. that doesn't uh, doesn't help things too much. So yeah. how did it go when you got out to California? Well, when I got to California, you know, I'm from a small town. Okay, you know, they're pretty advanced out there, so I had to speed up. I mm -hmm. had to, you know, uh, things that were going on, I wasn't exposed to because, you know, we, we kept in a family. Uh, sometime in domestic families, uh, violence families, they just hang with each other. They don't yeah. have too many outside relationships. So well, yeah, because the more outside relationships you have, the more likely it is the secret will come out. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, what was I saying? I was saying about when I went to college. Oh, yeah, you were you were uh, experiencing California, and there was some oh, new yeah, stuff California. happening there. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, people don't realize that when you go to another state, that's a whole new environment. You have to learn the rules of that state. Yep. Yeah. And that they're all just a little bit different and a little bit unique. <laughs> Totally. We've totally. been through a whole bunch of these in yeah, my marriage with my husband. Different. Yep. You know, you know. The, the customs are a tiny bit mm -hmm. different. The accents right. are different. The yes. speed at which business yes. gets handled is different. Yes. So my dad, he didn't really know me because he, uh, he, we uh, left. He left when we were like, well, my mom left actually when we, I was about four or five years old. Right. So he he had stepkids and he knew them better than he did me. So, you know, it was like, oh, here I go. I'm still on my own, right? Mm -hmm. Still on my own. But, you know, making the adjustment because you have to. When you move somewhere, you can't bring your old ways there. You have to kind of make some adjustments. And that's what I did. And it was such a learning experience making those adjustments. Oh, you know, absolutely. but it was, it was a hard road, though, I must say, but I was determined to work it out and, and get on top of it. So, and I did, I did, but yeah. it wasn't easy. You, you've you developed a whole lot of adaptability and resilience. I have to say, I really admire those two traits. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. It's more than I even thought I had, because you never know what you have until it, until it comes up. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. You look at it, and you're like, oh, that's so much bigger than I am, but I'm in it and I just got to go do it. I got to deal with it. I got to deal yeah. with it. So and he, then, then you discover you're bigger than you thought you were. <laughs> yes, yes. And really, it's indefinite. I mean, how big you can be. It mm -hmm. just depends on you. That's all it depends on. Yeah. You know, if you do the work on yourself, you can get there. But you got to do the work. It's, oh, it, there's absolutely. no way around it. No way around it. So, so what, what what was the work that you did in California specifically? What was well, that kind of focused on at that moment? Believe it or not, first I was working. I've, I've always been a counselor. I even was when I was younger. I was always counseling my sisters and brothers <laughs> and other people. So, people in you, the grocery store line. Got yeah. it. And I have this kind of face where people automatically tell me things, whether I want to know them or not. Yeah, but, I, I knew we had something in common. I have that experience, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so then um, I got a job, and and I, the job that I had is working with, with uh, kids, teenagers. Sure. Uh, on home detention. And then from there, I worked in probation. So I, I, it was interesting to me 
because I felt like a lot of people were being railroaded and I have this social justice in me, you know, mm-hmm. I said, shoot, I could tell them how to do that better. You know, when I'm, cause I was reading the files and destroying the ones that didn't need to be used. Oh, and, okay, yeah. And while doing it, I said, dang, I like this. I really like this. Cause I can speak for people that can't speak for themselves. Yeah. So that began my, my, my work journey. I, um, uh, I had already gone to school in Oklahoma for three years before I started messing up. Okay. So during that time, I went back to school and I got my ba- my bachelor's. After that, I, I, you know, I was always working in, in uh, nonprofit organizations, you know, in various, I was an infant massage instructor. I had my own business teaching moms and caregivers how to massage their babies. Um, because after being in probation, I realized because the clients that I was getting were real young. So I said, I'm going to need to start earlier. So that's yeah. that's how I started doing the infant massage. And I love that because that's some amazing, like, mama-baby bonding time it's right so, there. It's so loving. It's yes. just really loving. And just so happens, again, by God's choice, I wound up in a battered woman's shelter. I got sick in the shelter. Oh. And I got sick because I hadn't dealt with my own hurt and my own trauma. Absolutely. I hadn't dealt with it. You know, I forgot all about that girl. It was like, mm, I ain't even in my mind no more. That's why I was, that's why I had to go there. I yeah. went there and that was the best thing that ever happened to me, regardless if I got sick or not, it was the best thing, but it was emotional sickness, you know, from right. issues that I hadn't dealt with. Cause I, I couldn't even remember that I li- lived in that kind of environment. Yeah, well, and the interesting thing is the body never forgets. And you can take these emotions and like push them down, but they always pop out someplace else. You know, we're not taught how to actually process our emotions. Exactly. And until you learn to to work your way through them, to take the messages they bring uh, and to learn to release them, you. Yeah, they will continue to pop out in in health, in behavior issues, in addiction issues, and all kinds of other interesting and creative and not so fun ways. <laughs> you got it exactly. You're exactly right. You so know. we are up on our first okay, break, all right. and what I'd like to do is invite everyone who's joined us. Grab your pen, grab your piece of paper, um, and spend a few minutes around your childhood. What was it like in your home? Uh, was it safe? Was it emotionally safe in your home? Was it physically safe in your home? Mm. And think about some of those things and uh, how they may or may not be continuing to influence you up until today. And hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. 
tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Zofia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Zofia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales. I'm still here with Janice Cummings. And before the break, she was sharing with us that she had gone into a battered women's shelter where she'd gotten quite sick because of emotional issues and the like that she had not dealt with. And I guess, Janice, what I'd like to understand is what was the relationship that you were exiting that brought you to that shelter? What was that like? Well, actually, I was the program coordinator, so I was the one that interviewed the women ah, to come into the shelter. Very okay. good. Yeah. So um, the situation that brought me there is I was looking for a job, and it, came, and it came up, right? And <laughs> right, so yeah. I still didn't know I had grown up in that kind of environment. I had no idea. Mm. That's how deeply I had that buried in me. Yeah. But it got to the point after being there that I couldn't sweep it under the rug anymore, just kept spilling out all over the place. Yeah, I'm sure it did, right? Because there's gonna be, as you're intaking these women, there are gonna be these moments that are gonna be triggering. They were, they really were. And a lot of times I was angry at the women because of the kids, because mm. what the kids had gone through, because I saw a lot of damage to the children. Oh, sure, yeah. And you know, and then me, having to be objective because I'm working with the mom. So that, that made it a little bit more challenging, but I was supportive of her, but it was hard. It was hard because I'm still working out my own stuff now. Yeah, you exactly. Know, my resentment, my anger, you know, at being placed in that kind of environment anyway, at yeah. home. And then exactly. I'm here. But what happened after I got sick, I've had a lot of tragedies in my life. My brother mm. was killed. You know, and then my girlfriend was killed. Uh, he was killed by violence. She was killed by violence, but it was a domestic violence relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I was experiencing all that while I was working with these women. 
Mm. And it was overload. It was just oh, overload. I'm and sure. One day I was at work and I just couldn't stop crying. I just mm. could not stop crying. And I ran to emergency and he told me, and I was told that I was under a lot of stress. <laughs> I was on the phone. Is, isn't it funny how somebody else has to tell us these things sometimes? <laughs> for real, for real. Because I was on the crisis line too. I yeah. was listening participating, oh. you know, and and, it, and me with my own, it was a lot. It was overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything, the, the past history, what's going on with you presently, what all the people you're working with, I'm surprised you didn't just like explode. Me too. But again, God's intervention. Because Isn't he a beautiful he thing? Yeah, he had some plans for me. You know, and he said, well, let me help her through this so she can go to the next assignment that I have for her. Mm. Yes, yes. And yes. and so what was your path through this, this pressure well, pot of emotions? I actually had a breakdown kind of, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, with the crying and crying. And then that's when the, the doctor recommend that I take off of work. And when I took off of work, I went right into therapy. I would go to therapy twice a week. The clinics would be all wet from the tears of letting go of all the pain during the mm -hmm. during the sessions. But I, I I knew I needed help, and I wanted to get to the bottom of it. So I sought out a therapist. I was in therapy for a year, and then I left that job. It was just, it was just too much. It was right. overwhelming for me. I couldn't do it anymore. You know. I, I really want to I really want to honor you for the dedication going through that that period of confronting the stuff because it's super scary when you start to open the door and start to sort through this kind of stuff. It takes courage, it takes guts, it takes grit. And I really wanna honor you for for doing that work. You know, I think for a lot of people you look at what you 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 kind of make a choice. Do can I stay like this? Will I be will this be okay for me to be like this? Or do I be brave enough to get out there and find out why I'm acting like this? Yeah. So once you put them together, it's an easier choice to make. Because you don't want to carry on the way you are. Yeah. You know. And so yes, yeah, so then I um after that I took off and I uh for about a year. I, I didn't do any counseling. They recommended that I don't go back to that field yeah. at all, <laughs> you know. And uh, and then I just started doing my own thing. That's when I opened up my infant massage business and I started teaching parents and caregivers how to massage their babies mm. and teens. Mothers, well, I always work with women. And here's the beautiful thing about massage, right? We. Many of us, I, I won't say all, but many of us have received massage at some point in our life. Um, and it's it's an amazing experience. But giving massage is just as therapeutic. Oh, it is. It is. The mom and the babies and the baby smiling. It's, it's so rewarding. It was so rewarding for me. Mm. So I, I did that. And then I got another opportunity to work as a medical social worker in the jail. Oh. And that was very exciting. I really loved it. Uh, I worked only with pregnant moms. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, and, uh, 
after because I had to recover from that. It took a year, so I took off of work for a whole year, and that's when I built my infant massage business. But then I was ready to go back to work, uh, um, you know, in a different position. And right. I, I applied for working in a jail with pregnant moms, and that was so rewarding. It really was, you know. Yeah. I had to work on their medical stuff while they were in jail, make sure they get the medical care. And when they get out, I had to connect with them and make sure that they continue their medical care. That's beautiful. And a lot of them were substance abusers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of them uh, childhood uh, trauma. Uh, exactly. And I, I seem, I'm noticing in this world uh, that when we have trauma that hasn't been addressed, it does tend to lead to addictive issues because we're trying really hard not to face the thing. Mm-hmm. And the the only difference is what, what we choose to numb ourselves with, whether it's video game addiction right. or substances or alcohol or, you know, work addiction. It's, it's all to the it works to the same end to make yourself feel better about something that you're not addressing and it doesn't work very well (laughs) no it doesn't it doesn't and that's where i found i got the idea i said women don't see the value in themselves Mm -hmm. after my experience with with different women and different even the ones that were the massage the moms that were doing the massage yeah. They all didn't see no value in themselves. Mm. So I said, mm, that's what's missing. So yeah. I went on to uh, make some changes in the jail, of course. You know, I have my own style of making some changes. But um, what, what, what kind of changes did you make? I'm kind well, of intrigued to hear. Well, you know, women were being shackled oh. during labor and delivery. Oh, and that's terrible. I, I, they probably are in, in other areas, too. But you don't know until you get in there. Right. I was shocked, you know. Yeah. So, so I worked with uh, another nonprofit agency, and we we worked to get that taken off. They right. don't. They cannot be shackled during labor and delivery, and they can't be shackled during transport. Around around their waist, they can't mm-hmm. be shackled on the legs either because they might fall. Yeah. So, it, you know, I started it. And I started it by connecting with a nonprofit agency. They started backing me. Then we went to Sacramento, and uh, it it got approved. No more shackling. Yes, it was great. It was great. felt felt really good to to do to make change to do exactly. Because you know, uh, uh, she's still a mom. Exactly. I don't care if she's incarcerated, and that's what we. That's the thing that we started. Uh, we insisted on the program. Um, She's a mom, not just a prisoner. Exactly. And and not only is she a mom and a woman, but this is also the foundation of her child's relationship with humanity right here. And if you're looking to break a cycle, you know, you mm-hmm. need to start as young as possible, as you did with the baby massage, right? Yes. And yes. so for a child to be born to a mother who's shackled, who can't, like, immediately cuddle them in their arms and do the things that mothers do after they give birth, it breaks that relationship. Yeah, it does. It does. Now, when they're there, the baby can stay with them for three three, three days, and then they got to separate again. It's like, oh, my God. 
You know, you have mm-hmm. to, I had to um, give a strong, you know, build up to be able to handle it. But if I didn't do it, it wouldn't get done. And I also, um, rather than have the child go in foster care, I talked to the family and had the family, the child placed with the family. See, that that's better. I mean, who comes up with these random numbers anyway? You you got three days with your newborn, really? <laughs> yeah, I know. And you, when they separated, you would it almost tore my heart out to see them separated. Oh, then I the have baby's no doubt. Going with somebody else, and then mom's got to go back to jail. Yeah, and but, everybody's hurt and upset. But she feels better because she knows where her baby is. Yes, and if it's going home with family, that feels much yeah. better than some yeah. random stranger who knows, right? Yes, and and we checked out the family now. You know, we oh yeah, sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to put them in a bad situation. <laughs> no you want way. them in the good branch of the family. Yes, yes. and I, I was perfectly honest. If I felt like it wasn't an adequate placement, I would not uh, advocate for it. Yeah, you know, you want to be as honest as possible. You want to be honest all the way yeah. because that's where the conflict comes in because yeah. lots of times people don't communicate what they're doing mm-hmm. and then the person gets the wrong idea. But right. it was very successful. Um, I, st- I reduced the number of children that was play- placed in the foster care. The moms were more involved. They had doctors because before they didn't. They didn't mm. have a regular doctor. Right. But when they right. left the jail, they had their own medical doctor that they saw on a regular basis. But you know what I found out during that? It's the relationship that motivates women to do things. Yes. If you have a good relationship with her, she'll try harder. Yep. She will. Absolutely. And then that's where my success came is that I have good relationships with the women, you know, Mm -hmm. and I treated them like, like they were valuable because they were. They exactly. only made a mistake. That's all. That's all they did. Exactly. You know? And a lot of times the mistakes that were, uh, what do I say, under duress from other people in their lives. <laughs> yeah. And usually the boyfriend sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times they didn't do it, but the boyfriend did it and they would take their rap for the boyfriend. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The boyfriend was doing whatever it was and brought it home and left it in the house and did the thing, and there you are. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I had groups there. I had a nurse come in. We talked about the pregnancy, the process, because a lot of these women didn't know about their body. Yeah, and that makes it even more scary if you don't understand. Learned. Yeah, They had learned. Because, again, depending on where they came from, there's more stuff going on than that. Yeah. Yeah. So the nurse came in and we co-facilitated. She did the nursing part and I did the social part mm-hmm. about love and yourself, uh, what you're going to do when you get out, you know, how are you going to maintain? Yeah. You know, substance abuse program, hook up, maybe even put her in a program, her and the baby. Yes. So, yeah. So it was, re- I really loved it. The only reason I stopped doing it is I retired. And uh, another reason is because I-, I was working for public health. Okay. And, you know, I just like, I didn't want to be bothered with public health so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was strictly jailed. I loved it. They used to call me jail genie. And that was fine with me, you know. Um, because I made I made a big difference and I felt it even in the staff. 
Because when a person sees you respect the person, they'll do it too. Exactly. Well, and that's the, that's the only way that change happens in the world, really, that I've been able to see is you make the change inside yourself and then model it out into the world. And then other people will go, oh, they will. well, they maybe, will. maybe that's the way to do this. Because I would say, would you bring Miss Johnson in? They say, Miss Johnson, why do you say it like that? Because I want to, she's Miss Johnson to me. She, you know, I'll give her yeah. her respect. And then they started uh, doing the same thing. Yes, it's contagious, whether we know it or not. If you do good and you show good, somebody will catch it. Absolutely. And somebody else will start doing the same yes. thing. Yes, yes, yes. I love yes. that. So I, I, I was put there because there was someone there that God wanted me to work with. Because everywhere you go, it's not an accident. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be there to learn something or to be of service to someone. Absolutely. I um that's one of the things that I use when I'm detoured, right? I'm one of these type A people who always has this plan, right? I'm okay. here at this time and here at that time. And like when I travel, I've I've learned to just release the idea that it has to happen the way that I think it's going to happen and just allow that whatever it is 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 accurate if I and correct if I'm if I'm uh taken through Miami instead of Dallas. There's a reason for that. And so you know I just what? I just float with it now. <laughs> good. That's really good. And it reduces my travel stress a whole lot. I'm sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> so we are up on our second okay. break already. And uh, when we come back, I want to hear more about how you moved into the work that you're doing right now. Yeah. I know you mentioned you retired from public health, so I'm excited to hear what chapter who okay. was. <laughs> oh, wow. And everyone who joined us, grab your pen, grab your piece of paper, and think about a few ways in your life that you can start to model changes that you would like to see happening in the world. And uh, come up with a few ideas on ways that you can set the example uh, out into the world and hang with us. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you, and go out and live soul first. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales. I'm still here with Janice Cummings. And before the break, I asked you to think about some ways that you can start to be the change that you want to see in the world. And while we were at break, Janice and I were chatting a little bit about treating people well, treating them with respect and dignity. And um, I'd like to bring that conversation in over here. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about the ways in which you treat other people with respect and dignity. Uh, The first way is I respect what they have to say. Mm -hmm. I'm all ears. I'm very empathetic. And um, just, just, uh, giving them that thank you, please. Like when when my clients come in, thank you for meeting with me. I really mm. appreciate it. Just little bitty things. It don't have to be anything big, you know. And and then they go back and they tell the other ladies how I treat them, and then they feel comfortable with me. Yeah. But it, you, there's so much benefit to being polite and kind to people. It is. Yeah. You learn, you grow, and you develop a connection. We're not here to be on our own. Yes. We're supposed to be connected. And, you know, and, and, and I remember this saying, if not for the grace of God, there go I. That could hey. be me. Amen. That, yeah. That could be me. I'm just blessed, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, but I don't need to take advantage of it because I am, you know. Yeah. Again, our de- their decisions cost them, but they can they can get over it, you know. And I always give hope. Always give hope. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. the first thing is to show respect. Listen to what they're saying. Don't try to get them to do what you want to do. Listen to what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see where those two things come together. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, oh, to say, oh, that doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. They feel like it does. So well, like that's, them. yeah, that's one of the things I'm going to just throw this in here. That's one of the things that I've noticed. I've been an observer of human behavior all of my life, a people watcher. And, you know, I I will watch somebody do something. They'll make a choice that to me is like, why on earth would you do that? And then I remind myself that we don't make illogical choices. There's a reason that that's the right choice for them in that moment. Yes. Because they're them and you, you. See, yeah, and so then be- I, I try and get curious about, well, what, what is that backstory? 
And it just it just makes it a lot smoother because again, um, especially in the jail, they didn't trust me. They thought that I might be working for the for the uh Well, yeah, the you're you're working with a man, right? <laughs> yeah, and they don't they don't want to talk to me. I had to because uh, they could come in and then I said you can leave anytime you want. I give people choices. Yeah. Choice. Don't you make their choice for them. Mm. That shows respect. Yes. I respect what you say. You know, now I might not agree. And the way I'm going to deal with it is to give you the options and which what might happen if you make that decision. Right. Which will make you be more clear on the decision that you make. It's a process. You can't rush it. Yeah. I love yes, that. process. And then they get connected with you. Then they tell their friends about you. And then everybody feels comfortable with you. Yeah, yeah. Love good that. news gets around fast, just like bad news. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I no. like that. Yes. So, tell us a little bit about your your second phase career here, because you okay. said you retired mm -hmm. from public health and mm -hmm. and the jail. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get into the work that you're doing now, and what is the work you're doing now? Well, the work that I'm doing now is working with uh, high achieving women to stop the cycle of uh, toxic relationships because toxic relationships often lead into abuse. Yeah. Exactly. They're like partners. They're both partners. So yeah, the and there's there's like no, what I want to say, socio-cultural, economic barrier to being in a bad relationship. <laughs> Not at all. It hits all socioeconomic groups. And the, even if the woman is a high, high uh, woman that's getting a high salary, it's the same. Yeah. It's all the same, you know. So I got into this. I didn't choose it, actually, because I didn't really want no more parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But I don't blame you. There's there's so much baggage and emotion that comes Tell along with it. Tell me about it. it. But oh everywhere gosh. I look, God was pushing me in there, pushing me. <laughs> I said, okay, <laughs> this is just the way it is. Okay, go with it. You know, I finally just gave in. Because I, I know what I'm talking about, and I know how to take a woman through this process. I know how to support her, and I know how to cover her for security as well. Yeah. And I learned all this through all my, you know, involvement with with the criminal justice system, mm -hmm. you know, with women, with families, because I also talk mm -hmm. to guys, too. And um, I just couldn't run anymore. There was yeah. no way to run anymore. So I said, Okay. Let me get started on it. So then that's how I got started on it. And, and now it feels very comfortable because yeah. it's what I'm supposed to be doing anyway. Well, let's talk for a minute about um, what that journey looks like, uh, leaving a, a bad relationship like that, a traumatic domestic violence kind of situation. What are kind of the stages that people go through? What are things you should be aware of if you are suddenly or is gradually coming to the realization that you might be in one of these? Okay. I would say that the first thing is admission mm -hmm. because a lot of women specifically don't want to look at it as, uh, you know, toxic or abusive. And plus they may have come from that. So they kind of yeah, yeah. normalize it. It might be normalized in their mind. Mm -hmm. But the first thing is having an admission that this is going on. 
And is it the way you want to continue to go? Right. Because a woman goes back seven times before she actually leaves for good. Isn't that something? And my goal, or our goal in UN working with with me is to reduce the numbers or eliminate the times that she goes back. She goes back because she doesn't have support. She doesn't know what to look for. And she doesn't plan ahead. That's why she goes back. Exactly. Or she's convinced by um, someone that that she can't get along without him. Well, by him, usually. Yeah, by him. Yeah, exactly. Well, and a lot of times in what I want to say, the the more affluent end of things. Yes. The family yes. doesn't tend to be supportive of her leaving either. Oh no. It's no. like you're you're you've fallen in clover here. Why would you leave this, you know, affluent yeah. spouse, you know? And so it becomes even more isolating in some ways. Yes, it does. The people the ladies with money can they can use their credit cards, but the ones that don't, those are the ones that come into the shelter. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones that come. And then, too, they have to deal with the kids because kids ain't used to living like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're going to take me away from the the big house with the Nintendo and the nanny and and the swimming pool? They don't want that. They don't want that. And you got to watch them because they'll be told where you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because they really want the comfort. Yeah. Well, you know, and, depending on the child, because some children yeah. are not like that, but it just depends on the child. Yeah. But the first step, like I said, is to show respect, listen to what she wants. Please don't discount her feelings about what she wants. Mm-hmm. You know, you can work around it. You can, you can, you know, win her over in another way. And, um, and give her some tips on, on uh, you know, I share a part of my story with them, you know, because... I want them to know that it is possible. It's yes. possible. And uh, I'm just supportive all through the way. I go to court with, I used to go to court with them, get the restraining order with them. And, you know, but I told them what to expect, how to act, yeah, all of that. Yeah. They, and if you, you know, you can direct people if you're nice about it. Right. And you're thoughtful. You I know? love that. And then they say something, it might sound crazy. You say, girl, Let's think about that for a minute. I mean, you just be you. Well, I, you know, I'm just me everywhere I go. Yeah. Well, you can't be no one else. I've tried. It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> and I don't like the other person as much as I like me. So, Amen. Amen. So, yeah, that's that's it. And I also teach a lot of um, medical providers because the, the, they don't come in for treatment because of sometimes the way they treat them. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, that's a passion of mine too, because I want them to get medical care, even though I don't work for me, for uh, for public health. Right. Well, and it's important to get um, injuries treated; otherwise, mm-hmm. they become lingering problems that you wouldn't have otherwise needed to have. I know for myself, um, yes. it it can be very hazardous to leave some of these domestic violence mm-hmm. controlling Good. kind of situations. Good. What are some signs besides your gut feeling, which you probably have one if you're in this situation, that yes. that he will become dangerous if you leave? Well, I think he's already probably displayed some violence tendencies, maybe threatening with a gun. Mm-hmm. You know, he's already threatened you, you know. Um, but the only person that really can decide that is the woman. 
Because she she sees she's with him every day. She knows when he's mad because she has to tiptoe around and be real quiet so she won't upset him. And the kids do too, you know. So, yeah, I think being observant before you get in a relationship, that's what I stress. Don't Mm. even get in it in the first place. You start looking for these signs, the jealousy, the isolation, you know, the put downs, you know, the, the gaslighting. All of those are signs. That yeah, this boy. may not be the guy for you. Well, and possessiveness is Possessive, one that yeah. uh, you you need Isolation. to run. Don't don't be don't be flattered that he's possessive of you. This is not a flattering thing. You're not an object. And with my girlfriend, she had never gotten this much attention from a guy, mm-hmm. and yeah. so she just fell right in there. I mean, because she met him one weekend, and the next weekend or so, he was there. I said, "Girl, God, that's fast." Yeah, you you, know, you don't know him yet. <laughs> you don't even know him. And then he was bringing his stereo in and everything. I said, wow, I didn't think it would turn out like this. I thought you were just having a little fun. <laughs> you know, but yep. everything is not a relationship. That's yes. where you get caught. This might be just a lesson you learn, or you might decide you like being by yourself. You know, and I, every relationship has a reason and a season. And a lot of times, I think having been raised with this fairy tale happily ever after stuff as kids, you know, it makes us think that we, well, we find one relationship and we ride it for the entirety of our life here. And some, some relationships just need to go in the rearview mirror. They need to go. They Mm -hmm. need to go. And then I, I do a list of why you should stay, why you should leave. Yes. And she goes down that list and, and hopefully she, you know, um, understands, you know, because I never tell women to leave. Never oh, have no. I said leave. No, no, never. no. That I has always, to be her decision. Yeah. I always try to make her begin to love herself, see the value in herself. Then she's ready to move on. Yeah. But if you go out there and you don't love yourself and you don't have any confidence, you're not going to be out there very long. Oh, no. And you'll go right back. You go right back. And that's what happens. Financial yeah. reasons is a big one, too, because she doesn't work and she doesn't have any income. Yeah, because you know? they like to isolate you that way because they have power and control. But so, I, I usually work on planning. You just don't yeah. need to get your paperwork. You need you mm-hmm. need papers and stuff. Yeah, you need your papers. Easier. You need yeah. a place to go. You yeah, need you all the you stuff do. lined up. It needs to be we, set up. We and are, don't go to family because that's yeah. right where he's going. That's where he's going to go first. Yeah, exactly. This is where the shelter is a really important yeah, thing. Yeah, the shelter. We is are good. we are at the end of our time, unfortunately, okay, Janice. Right, but uh, we will put Janice's contact information in the show notes uh, if you would like to get a hold of her to assist her in her process to participate as a client. Um, you know, feel free to reach out. I love bringing really good solid providers on the show for you guys thank you People who have have the ethics and their hearts are in the right place so thank you for joining me today janice my and pleasure thank you dear listener for coming today i do this show for you and i love to hear from you drop me a quick line at ask Zofia at transformationspace.co. That's A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co. And just share whatever is on your heart. And until next week, go out and live soul first. 
Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week right here 